Welcome to this episode of the Things That Matter Most podcast, where we dissect practical, cultural, and spiritual issues using Jesus's message as our starting point. My goal is that you find yourself encouraged and challenged and equipped to live more like Christ every day. My name is Pastor Isaac, and I have the privilege of hosting this podcast, and we are moving in, believe it or not, to the 13th episode of the podcast, and we're continuing on in our series, Bible Basics, where last week we talked about salvation, and we talked about what does it mean to have new life in Christ? Was it, what does it mean to be saved, to receive salvation? And if you haven't heard that episode of the podcast, I would encourage you to go back and listen to it because we talked about two things. The first one is that salvation is both now and it is forever. And it's not just get out of hell free, but rather it is new life begins now. And so in this episode of the podcast, we are talking about this big fancy word called sanctification. And this is part of the process of salvation, but it is also the ongoing process of salvation that we call sanctification, which to put it really lightly is we've become like Christ, we're becoming like Christ, and someday we will become totally like our Lord and Savior, that we will enter a day with perfect peace and contentment with no sin and no pain and no sorrow. And that is, that's a day that may not be long off for some of us, maybe further out for others of us, but we're going to talk about sanctification in this episode of Bible Basics. Right before we round out this entire series uh, during next week's episode, answering the question, how will it all end? And so without any further ado, why don't we jump into this episode of the podcast titled, What is Sanctification? Whether you know it yet or not, this question of what is sanctification is actually at the bottom of a lot of uh, various like controversy and difficulty that has existed within like the church on the whole. And that's really this question of what does it mean when we draw closer to Christ? How do we do that? How are we right with God? What does it mean to be right with God and to continue, you know, to press forward into our rightness? with Christ and you know we work out our salvation and what does that mean sanctification is this idea of you know what our walk with the lord has been and will be has been is and will be and so by default it has created some rifts in the church in the past because uh, you get things out of you know bad theology such as your behavior is the thing that continues to make you right with god or makes you right with God in the first place, or that, you know, one thing or another that you do or that you choose somehow maintains or gives up your salvation or something like that. And so I really want to use this episode of the podcast to really succinctly uh, just describe what is sanctification and why do we use the word sanctification? Because it is kind of a peculiar word. Um, You know, it's not one that you would hear too often in other contexts, even though it kind of actually is, which you'll see in just a few moments here. You know, I want to share with you a story about my personal life. Um, I have not always been a pastor. Uh, There was a point in time where I was actually selling furniture. And man, I'll tell you what, when you are in the sales world, uh, all sorts of stuff happens and you have a lot of decisions to make. And I don't think that integrity is tested more in any other context than it is in sales because you are, uh, you have people that are looking at you for truth and for honesty and for answers. 
And so I found myself in a position all the time in which I had several different obligations upon me from several different directions. Just like a quick example, you have a sales managers who want you to close deals and make money. You have other salespeople who want you to get out of their way or, you know, they want you to do business for them, you know, sell stuff for them. You have customers who want honesty and transparency and the best price. You have your own personal income check that you're looking to rely on to feed your family. You have one variable after another after another. And what I came to realize was that all of those decisions weren't really just decisions about sales. They were decisions about how are you going to live your life? What type of a life are you going to live? And are you going to be consistent with the decisions you make and with the life that you live? And I quickly came to realize that the decisions I did and didn't make in the sales force were a direct reflection of what people would see in as Christ in my life. If I were honest and if I had integrity and if I did the right thing and if, if I did all that sort of stuff, then it reflected on Christ well. But if I were to um, mislead or contort the truth or manipulate or deceive um, or steal from another individual or uh, try to kind of only tell partial truths, whatever it is, people also saw through that and they saw a bad reflection of Christ. Um, actually, really bad. You know, and of course, no one's perfect all the time, so I made mistakes. But generally speaking, I truly tried to maintain integrity, especially with customers who needed help. Um, not lying and not deceiving them and doing the very best I could for them and walking in integrity with other salespeople. And so I tell you all that as an example because um, – I was always in situations where I had to determine what sort of a life am I going to live. And so that's where sanctification comes in. Sanctification literally means set apart. Like if you actually look at the original language, the word is, um, uh, it's, it's a little bit tricky to say in the Greek, but it's hagiosmos. And it literally means to be set apart. And what's interesting is that as followers of Jesus, if you've accepted Christ as your Savior, then you are already set apart. It's, a, it, it's the immediate effect of salvation, and then it is the ongoing effect of salvation. Remember last uh, during last week's episode of the podcast, we talked about salvation is for now and salvation is forever. It's not a get-out-of-hell-free card, Um but it does get, get you out of hell. And it's not um, only about receiving you, you know, the best in this life. It's about a combination of the two. It's about a committing of your life to Jesus and experiencing of your salvation um, moving forward throughout, you know, really for the rest of your life and into eternity. And so sanctification is being set apart. When you are saved, when you accept salvation, in that moment, you also receive sanctification. You are set apart as a as a son or as a daughter of God. It is an immediate process. And additionally, this is what's really interesting when I when I said, you know, we don't really use the word sanctification, but that word um uh you know the the original Greek word for sanctification is where we derive a few words from holy, holiness, and saint. We actually derive those from the original 
Greek language where we would say sanctification or set apart. And we kind of have this idea of what holiness means. We have an idea of what being a saint means. We have an idea of, you know, like I said, holy, like what is it to be holy or holiness? That is what it means to be sanctified. It means that you're set apart, very literally set apart. And so I want to break this down for you in three different categories. The one that we think about most often, and then maybe two that you haven't thought about quite as much. And so here are the three forms of sanctification. Um, Actually, Paul ends who really organized the Moody Handbook of Theology, did a wonderful job summarizing this. And so I'm pulling the basic structure from him um, in his theology textbook because it's just so succinctly put. So here are the three forms of sanctification. The first one is positional. When you receive sanctification, you are given a new position. And so this is actually salvation, which is that you are new. Um, I'm part of the Christian Missionary Alliance, and currently, though maybe we'll change the verbiage uh, in the future sometimes, but currently we call it a crisis of sanctification. Uh, it's like a crisis. It's a change. It's a turning point in your life. 2 Corinthians 5.17 and moving on says this. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a, quote, new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us to himself through Christ. And God has given us the task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against him. And this, and he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. And I really want to point out where it says in verse 17 um, that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. When we are saved, we are sanctified positionally. We are made new. We are given purity before God. We are made, we are set in an irrevocable position before God. This is even true to individuals who um, have accepted the gift of salvation, but are living in a way that is sinful, living in a way that might be rebellious. There's lots of discussion there like, how rebellious can you be before it kind of indicates that you never receive salvation, this sort of a thing. And I'm not going to get into that. But even when we sin, even we have problems, as a very good friend of mine, Annette says, God doesn't just throw us away. If there was ever a disgusting church in history, it was the church in Corinth. They did nasty, disgusting, horrible things. Things uh, in the church today, if we did, we would be deposing people and putting people down and the world would be making a mockery of us and, and, and all sorts of just really bad stuff. But in 1 Corinthians 1 verse 2, the apostle Paul says to the Corinthians, I'm writing to God's church in Corinth, you who have been called by God to be his own holy people. He made you holy by means of Jesus Christ just as he did for all people everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Their Lord is ours. See, even in a church as bad as Corinth, he said, you recognize that you're Christ, like you were made right with God by Jesus Christ. 
He made you holy, past tense. He made you holy. So positional sanctification is this idea that we have a position before God, and that is sanctified. Now, here's where things get really interesting. This is where most of the time when in church we talk about sanctification, this is where we really tend to land. And um, this is not an area where I want to spend all of our time, but I want to go over this, which is experiential sanctification, the form of experiential sanctification, which is our life and actions and our sin and our godliness. So this is how we do or do not draw close to God. These are the commands that we see in Scripture all over the place, like be holy because I'm holy, and other various rules for godliness. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says, Now may the God of peace make you make you holy in every way, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. Right, So we're both made holy, like we see in Corinthians again and again, 1st and 2nd Corinthians and all over the place, and then we see now in Thessalonians, make you holy, which is really curious. 1st Peter 1.6 says, So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. It's like a process of being drawn in close to God. And then lastly, maybe one of my favorite passages in Scripture is Romans 12, verse 1 to 2 says, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but this is, this is interesting. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and is pleasing and is perfect. So we have a positional form, which is that we've been made new, but then Paul says, become new. See, this is how we often think about sanctification. It's a continual and dynamic relationship with God, and it has highs and it has lows. This is real life Christian walk. This is day in and day out, committing your life to Jesus, striving to be more like him, striving to be holy, striving to let his law rule your life, striving to behave, to listen to him, to follow him, to endure in trial, to um, make decisions that honor him, to drive the, the, the vision of your life after pursuing him, to attendance in church, to attendance in community of believers. And this is where we have the responsibility to summarize, to choose Christ, to choose godliness, or to choose sinfulness. And the thing is, is that this experiential type of sanctification is the process of our Christian walk. This is when we are more and more and more set apart for God. We're set apart for Jesus. We make the decision to turn away from a sin and to pursue godliness. We make the decision to forgive somebody we have something against. We make the decision to be financially responsible, to not to not do sinful things with our money. We make the decision to commit to going to church, to being a good husband, to being a good wife, to being a good student, to having integrity, to following God, to doing the right thing over the wrong thing. And this is where it's important. This is where I think sometimes the church has and can tend to go awry. This is not earning your salvation or earning a place in heaven or earning your relationship with God. 
That is an unbiblical view. It is a sinful view to say that if you wear the right clothing, if you read the right translation of scripture, if you attend the right gatherings, if you go to church regularly enough, if you do dot, 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 if you do dot, 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 then you're right with God. That's not what this means. Experiential sanctification, even though it could include the um, uh, all of those other things of all of those doing things, it's not to gain something before God because you've already been made right with God. It's to draw close to God in a practical, in a personal, in a relational way. This is where our intimacy with Christ is developed. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding when we come to the Lord in prayer, when we open up his word, when we confess our sin and the burden of sin just relifts off us like, you know, like it did when we accepted Christ. You know, it's a really good thing that this is the case because we all have problems. And if we're just expected to be perfect, if we're expected that once we're really right with God, then everything is fine. We are going to have a really, really bad time. We're going to have a tough time. Um, you know, I've listened to several individuals kind of speak about this topic, and it's like, you know, it's like you can't you can't run off of yesterday's gasoline if your car is running out. I think it's uh, John Piper who talks about this. Yesterday's used gasoline doesn't make your car go today. We need to constantly be filled up. Even Jesus went away to pray to the Father. We need to constantly be filled up. We need to constantly push into the Lord. We need to challenge our minds. We need to obey. We need to confess sin. We need to do all these different things because it draws us closer to the Lord. This is experientially, this is what sanctification is. And then may I just be an encouragement to you. There is an ultimate sanctification, which is that when we die or when Christ comes back, we are transformed into the likeness of Christ. This is just amazing. This is what it says in 1 John 3, verse 2. Dear friends, we are already God's children, but he has not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears, but we do know that we will be like him, for we will see him for how he truly is. This is the time in which sanctification is concluded. Um, another word for it might be glorification, when we become like the risen Savior. This is glory, eternity, where there's no death, there's no shame, um, there, there is no evil. The tears are wiped from our eyes. We're with God in the new heaven and new earth. We come into and go out of the holy city, the new Jerusalem. We experience the creation as it was ultimately meant to be experienced. We are taken to a place of sinlessness where only perfection reigns. Colossians 3 verse 4 says, And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all of his glory. And Philippians 3.21 says, He will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own, using the same power with which he'll bring everything under his control. When Christ comes back and he makes us like himself, ma'am, that's when things really take off. That's when, that is when we experience God in a way that is simply indescribable for the rest of eternity. Now, next week during the conclusion 
of the podcast where we talk about how will it all end. We'll go into this a little bit more, this end result of sanctification. But this is where I really just want to encourage you that sanctification is, it's important to understand because it affects every single component of our life. So I want you to take away from this that we have a responsibility as sons and as daughters of Christ, if of God, if we've accepted Christ as our Savior, we have a responsibility to read his word and to pray, to clean out the garbage from our life, to follow him, to listen to what he says, to live a life of purity, to obey his word, to gather with other believers, and to honestly, just to summarize, to be godly. That's sanctification, being set apart more and more and more and more. You know, really becoming um, as as God wants us to be, which is close and intimate with him so that we can experience all the amazing benefits of being like Christ. Because when the world sees that we are different it has a powerful transforming effect. That's when we see friends and family and coworkers bow their own knee in surrender to Jesus because the power that is there is just too much um, to refuse when they see a life that's transformed by the sanctifying power of Jesus. It truly is just wonderful. So I challenge you, think about the life you live. Are you drawing closer to God or are you not? Challenge yourself. If you have no desire to know God or if you're really distant from God, then it's very possible you need to ask yourself, have I experienced the positional part of sanctification, which is salvation, where I'm I'm changed, where I'm made new? And if you have What do you need to do in your life so you're continually being made new, confessing sin and pushing after the Lord? And so until we are together again, I really do want to say thank you for joining in on this episode of the Things That Matter Most podcast.